You good, missus? Yeah. Pushing the button for the Wednesday show. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got it. There we go. Hello. Hello, Mrs. Ryan. Hi there. Hello, hello. Get that echo out of here. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> everything else situated. Chad did a great job, but I have checked nothing. What's happening, Mrs. Ryan? <laughs> I've already spilled coffee and changed my shirt. So have you really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I like that you asked me before if uh, if your shoe... If, if, okay. <laughs> How about this? Welcome back, everybody. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, 2019. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans, and this is Late Night Playset. Welcome back. Um, September 11th. Well, I should probably say that our guest today is Bronston Jones, here to make us laugh on 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a few minutes. <laughs> uh, you guys are going to love this guy. Uh, he's in from Venice. All the way from Venice, he flew out to see us out here in the valley. <laughs> One of those people, like when we used to live in Venice, you don't leave Venice when you live in Venice. It's one of those. It's easier to stay. You want to stay. There's really no reason. He'll tell us all about yeah. that. Anyway, uh, lighten up the little 9-11, all that stuff. That's a good idea. Yeah. I guess for Porsche people, though, 9-11 is sort of a, it's half celebration because we do every other, you know, 901, 904. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah oh. you guys have one. It is what it is. Uh, how you doing, Mrs. Ryan? What's happening? Welcome back. Uh, welcome back. I'm fine. I had a spectacular morning. I'm just super worn out, so my body's not working great, but okay. up here is working fine, so I could do some phone calls. You were on the phone a lot this morning. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we'll get to one of those a little bit later, I think, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple things. One, Late Show 26 yesterday with Steve Mazon. That was neat for me. It was yeah. neat. It was weird. It was a blur. I didn't remember anything what was happening on the show. If you haven't watched this episode, go back and check it out, especially if you've seen Late Show 25 and you know the whole microphone story. Um, this was an opportunity to have a guy who was the subject of a documentary called Dying to Do Letterman here uh, after he'd heard the story. He's already been a guest and now he's a friend. But we sort of turned the tables and he sort of dissected me a little bit. And, that was awesome. what, 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 did you ever think about this? And would you have done this? And blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's kind of cool. But for me, it was a little weird being here doing the job where I normally drive and and not... Letting someone else yeah, drive a little bit. But, but I couldn't relax completely because I still yeah. had to push buttons and everything. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting one to watch, but um, but uh, I highly recommend it. And thank you so much to Steve Mazon who came back thank twice you, twice in like two weeks mm-hmm. uh, to do that. So it's, it's a great, great episode. I watched it last night too. Oh, it, you did? Yeah. How was it? It's so... The, every time I hear more about your story and hear you talk about it with someone with, that knows that stuff, it is fascinating because other layers That's keep it. getting pulled that down. was the thing about it he kept pulling new stuff out some stuff i thought about and i just forgot to say that day when we were telling the story and then some stuff i, I it was like was almost coming out you know real or uh, you know real time anyway it was really interesting highly recommend it and thanks again to steve mazon our good friend um shirts and shoes <laughs> <laughs> so you spilled some stuff already you've already changed you came out here and you asked me earlier uh, is it okay for wearing my green shoes 
this is one of the, uh, I guess it, there's a lot of wonderful things about being sponsored with all our gear and stuff here. <laughs> one of the negatives is we have a lot of duplicate stuff. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many times we come out and, oh, oh <laughs> go. one of us has to change. Uh, specifically, that happened last week on the show, and neither one of us noticed it till afterwards. This is during the show. We <laughs> noticed it during edit afterwards. So these faces have nothing to do with how we look. Check this out. Morons! Look at that! Look at that cute couple with their matching shirts. I'm with her. Uh, I couldn't do it again. Oh man, so funny. Well, on the show, nobody sees my feet. I totally understand that, and I, as it, I, I just didn't want to. See, no one. I didn't want our guests to see it. Like, I just, oh, oh my goodness! Right. I had to clear. I didn't want to look the same and be cutesy. Maybe you were so on this morning that you thought, oh my goodness, I can't drop the ball now. Uh, yes. With that, you mentioned on the show yesterday, Mrs. Ryan, that you were bruising. I didn't know what you meant other than the usual, except afterwards you put a post up, uh, or maybe afterwards I saw it, but you mentioned that you had fallen yesterday when you were making the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can Between you that, explain what happened? Yes. I was, honestly, I was pretty done making the bed and was laying down to just take a minute, and I just tumbled. <laughs> oh, and I landed. It's worse now on my collarbone because it landed all it's through here, worst. like seatbelt stuff. Yeah, but you're already so. There's no meat here anyway, so it's just bone. Nothing Wooden except bone. this weekend when we did uh, Malibu, and I fell. I, it's on my right side. My leg is all fecocted, so it's. I was going to bring that up as a separate hilarious. thing. <laughs> I'm so grateful that we're laughing about it because I want to cry inside. <laughs> We've gotten to the point where Mrs. Ryan's falling. Uh, she hasn't been able to walk for a long time, but we were at Malibu Kitchen, leaving Malibu Kitchen the other day, and uh, yeah, ate shit going down the stairs. And landed very gracefully, did not eat shit by any means, but went down, and, and it just, you know, everybody, nobody even, I think, noticed because you were so sort of graceful and slow about it. <laughs> yes, I've learned to just sink. <laughs> yeah, graceful isn't the word, but you kind of, somehow, you just sort of jellied down so that there was no, like, Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I'm super uptight, so like I'm usually like so rigid to not fall that yeah. I'm finally but, starting to like let go a little bit because I don't really have a choice. But so it's like got to figure it out. Yeah. So I'm letting go a little bit and I'm falling a little more. But whatever. I'm hoping that that's an awkward phase that you grow through as you are growing. You're you're literally you're growing in so many ways, it's, emotionally and and mentally, and in so many other ways, physically too. You're rebuilding all the time. Um, I don't know. You're dealing with a lot. I think so that's all it is. It just hurts. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all the hello stuff. I want to play two videos, Mrs. Ryan. Okay. They're both pretty quick. One is from the weekend. We tried to do it yesterday. I didn't have it loaded in the system. <laughs> Works out for you today if you're tuning in because you get to see it now. Um, and then we've got an East Coast feed. Okay. All right. So I'm going to do the weekend first since we talked about it yesterday. Roll it, Hal. And Twitter. And what about Instagram? No Instagram? No, I gotta get to there. Yeah, I okay. was saying so.
Good morning. PCA San Gabriel Valley Region. Good yes. morning from Morning Shift. That's correct. We are here at the Porsche Experience Center, Los Angeles. Walking around. There you go, Mrs. Ryan. It's a great video. Well, that's our life. I didn't do it. Believe it or not, the iPhone did most of that. All we did was live the experiences. Well, thanks for my experiences. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mrs. Ryan. Uh, with that, it's time to check in with the East Coast feed real quick, then what's going on, and get our guest in here, okay? Awesome. Uh, East Coast feed, Danbury Chive, checking in. I believe we're not at BMW. Let's see where we are now. Roll it out. Thank you, Kazman, Brooke, and everybody else. Thank you so much for the birthday wishes last week. It was a lot of fun. And then the 111 cake. Thank you to Danny up at yeah. Newcombs for getting the 111 cake. That wasn't just a, a cake that they wrote 111 on. It was like... It was it was made for us. It was made to be a steering wheel, and the whole thing there and the inside was color coded. There was detail yeah. put into that. <laughs> very impressive. So, <laughs> so thank nice. you so much, and a nice surprise, Mrs. Ryan. That's everything I have. It's time to ask the question that's on everyone's <laughs> mind. <laughs> What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? In Boston, they're taking a charge of like educating people how to use money and how to save money. And so they've got a program called Boston Saves where every kindergartner enrolled gets 50 bucks to go to college. So it's... To, to incentivize saving and higher education. Yeah. It, it's, it gets that conversation going early and it gets conversations about money and how to use money and what it's for. Like I am a big fan of Massachusetts is starting a similar program statewide. Yeah, so. I think that's great. Sounds like at least we're thinking forward. I like that. Go for it. Did you know the game? I did not know about this game. Did you know about the game 25 words or less? No, I don't think so. I feel like you and I would fail at it. We're so verbose. Yeah, I would. Yes, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Not (laughs) going to be good at that game. Well, apparently they're making it a a game show, talk show, instead of just a board game. So Lisa Kudrow from Friends is helping develop it and bring it back. um, That kind of sounds fun. I mean, if I know, I mean, it sounds like like a catchphrasey type thing. Like you have to describe something and like pyramid. Yeah, the description is pyramid meets Family Feud. Oh God, well I love the feud. Survey says. 
It's uh, I don't know Richard Dawson specifically, even the Ray Combs years, but Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson for sure. I there's a lot of celebrities duos that are going to be pitted against one another. So I'm I'm curious. I tell the story all the time about how I went into the supermarket sweep, you know, by accident. Uh, That same studio and the one we used to work at, it it came up yesterday because it was Ellen. It was Sunset Beach for us and whatever the fuck. Uh, It it was it was uh, Saved by the Bell and Fresh Prince. Anyway, it was also uh, it was also that (laughs) it was also Family Feud when Louis Anderson was doing. It's time to play the feud. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best. He was so nice. That was when I met Louis Anderson. Anyway, go. Uh, Sorry well, for that. Terrible side. Later this month, you can watch that show on Fox or whatever, but it's right. from Lisa Kudrow. So Sounds good. Check it out. For some uh, people's favorite friend. Courtney Cox is going to be on it. That's what there I wanted to say. Two Make of sure. people's favorite friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, KFC has a video game online. I did not know this. And there's a whole, it's called um, Steam. It's like a online PC. It's not through KFC. It's just where they're distributing their game. Oh, I see. Um, but the new KFC game is uh, you play. It's a sim type game, and your player goes to culinary school and tries to hook up with uh, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Get out of town! It's a prequel game. It, wow. I don't even know if it's a prequel. It's just like how to. Well, if we're in college and trying to pick up Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I guess so. Yeah. So enjoy uh, chicken and play. It sounds weird, but I, I'm curious. Um, okay. there. This chair specifically, all I could think about yesterday was Chris Farley and him, how he... Oh, we brought it up because Maison was here. I call it the Chris Farley chair because he, you can't see you can't see this on, on at home. But if you were to investigate these things very closely, one of these chairs is damaged, and it's the one. <laughs> the one that the he thing. tumbled yeah, on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So there is a band in Ohio called Saint Seneca. I didn't want to screw it up. Saint okay. Seneca. Um, they found a clip online of his Van Down by the River sketch that he did when he Matt, was... Matt Foley, I Matt believe. Foley. And that was uh, uh, written by uh, Bob Odenkirk from, uh, uh, you know, the show. Oh, he Better wrote Call that? Saul and, uh, and uh, previously The Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I that didn't was know one he of wrote his, that. Uh, I believe so. I believe. Could be I believe so. It is one of my all-time favorite sketches because he's so good in it. Yeah. And so, um, and I... And it was his character, I believe. It was Chris Farley character. Chris Farley character. And it's part of my just, like, history lexicon of, like, comedy knowledge. But I, I forget that some people don't always know it. So They anyway, were still doing that sketch when I was there. They were? Absolutely. Well, apparently I some, saw that sketch a much. younger folk band, the St. Seneca people, didn't know about it previously and found a clip online and was like, this is hilarious. I'm going to write a song. And they did. And it's really good. So it's living in a van down by the river it's or called something da- like that? It's called In a Van. Love it. Love it, it is so good. And St. Seneca is And if you I'm get a, a chance, fan. you should totally go watch that thing. Because he's, oh, I mean, I mean, he's oh, always with the, uh, the the waist belt and the whole thing. Yeah, it's a hilarious sketch. So I love you it. You find yourself eating a daddy diet of government cheese. <laughs> it is so funny in St. Seneca. Good job. Oh, and that's Ben. <laughs> What's going on, Mrs. Ryan? All right. Nice job, Mrs. Ryan. Let's take a break. Let's get our guest in here. Bronston Jones is going to be in here in a few moments. Get us all laughing on 9-11. <laughs> Sorry about that. It didn't even occur to me until I said it out loud anymore. <laughs> and our guest today. Uh, see you in a few. More to come right after this. Bronston Jones. That's a sultry. <laughs> yeah. And with that... 
This is it. We are back sitting here with Bronston Jones. Hello there, Bronston Jones. Hello. Nice to meet you guys today. Welcome. Thank Thank you for being here. I have met you someplace before, and I'm wondering if it was maybe even at your show, because we went to a couple of those when we used to live in Mm -hmm. Venice. Have you you always been the host of it? Is that your show? Yeah, I started that show, uh, Venice Venice Underground, at the the Venice Townhouse, the oldest continually operating bar in all of Los Angeles. Supposedly one of the only real speakeasies underneath, supposedly, with the tunnels and all that. The reason it's the oldest continually operating is because the bar up in 1950s. 15 when prohibition hit they moved the bar to the basement put in a grocery store paid off the cops and so every other bar that's older that has speakeasy moved to a different location for that so they're the only ones that stayed on the same address that's wow. still open now there there might have been a few others but they've closed when we at one point we were trying to do a show there we were part owners of a burlesque show and we were trying to set Ooh. it up there as well because they were doing that at some point i don't know if they, they do still burlesque do. on wednesdays after us okay mm-hmm. uh, so this... wednesday nights at nine you come <laughs> there you comedy go. at midnight is burlesque that's actually pretty awesome. Is it yeah. in the same room? Same room. So we ended at eleven thirty. They they clear the room. They clear this the, the, the tables the, and stuff. Like all the we put folding chairs on the dance floor and they okay. get rid of that. So the girls use that. They put in a a, a pole, stripper pole. I wonder if it's the same. That's my favorite. It's the bootleg bombshells. Or the, the, oh, okay. The no, I don't know. So it's different. <laughs> Yeah, but it good. sounds great. Uh, but what, what I was getting to was that they uh, they gave us a tour of the whole place and they took us like in the oh, back tunnels yeah. and all that sort of like mm-hmm. all those storage rooms and all that. There's stuff. history there because you, you think about this is like during the Flappers era, all the great jazz people that were coming through LA they would play down there because it's a, a speakeasy. Yeah, and then any some band, of the greatest jazz people in the world probably. Yeah, yeah, and any band that has like a Venice history has played there. So the Chili Peppers have played there, or Social oh, Distortion, wow. Jane's Addiction, and. What's the biggest Venice band ever? The Doors. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, the Doors used to play there. Really? And, yeah. Now you're That's a cool. Venice. You're a Venetian. You're you live in Venice. Are well, you? I don't call myself a local. <laughs> I mean, a local local would be like, you didn't go to Venice High for five years. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> but you clearly live it and breathe it. I love I, Venice. Are you a bit of a historian too? Because you seem to know more maybe well, this, than even I do. Especially about the townhouse, because living there, or you know, for eight years, I've spent every Wednesday there, and I go there. The fa- my favorite place in the whole planet yeah, is the stage at Venice Underground. Time. Really? Yeah. Because I've Can spent, you even fit on it? Because you're very the, tall. And the stage I'm, is three inches. The ceiling's three inches above my head. I was okay. going to say, the, the yeah. few lights that are there, I always mm-hmm. had to avoid at 6'2". Yeah. No, I've smashed my head into every single th- One thing. One of them. Okay. Because <laughs> it's built like a pier because it was built during when they built right, the pier. Right. The pilings and everything. And uh, so there's a lot of low beams. And then uh, a year and a half after we started the show, they put in these hanging air conditioners. So I've smashed into all those. Oh, my god. But gosh. I can now Well, walk. actually, that's really good, though, because you see yeah. it muggy down Really there. hot. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty good, it's actually. Awesome. <laughs> but Brian Callen just called it the best show on a Wednesday night in Los Angeles. That's wow. a pretty oh, that's, that's, that's pretty high praise. Yeah. It's it's a super cool room. I highly recommend anybody check it out. Yeah, that's fun. good it's job. Fun. We get. I mean, he's the been energy's there. really fun. Fed Burr once. We've had Margaret Cho. We've had uh, Jim Jeffries used to live nearby, so he used to drop in. But he, he Jim Jeffries used to live nearby. Yeah, he used to live on I want to say 30th Street. The Brit. Jim Jeffries? Am I thinking of the right guy? Well, he's Australian, but yeah. Australian. But whatever. <laughs> so different guy. You for, guys for don't Americans, know the Brit? What's the difference? The foreign what's guy with the accent. Awful. It's some other country on an island somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Only quarter of the flag is the same. That was bad on me. Sorry, British sorry, Jim Jeffries. So sorry, Jim Jeffries. <laughs> but he Are you Australian? <laughs> no, he did make his start in London. Oh, so, okay. Now so you're making me feel better. Go. Sure, I appreciate yeah. it. Um, well, you look very familiar. I'm wondering if we ever met you during that whole process. Well, if Maybe you lived on Catamaran when I lived, you were living on Catamaran when I was living on on Spinnaker, which is the same 
Peninsula. The alphabet streets. And everybody in Venice knows each other. And if you ever went to bars, you definitely saw me. Well, that I'm was it. We, I lived on Washington. So yeah. I was at CNO every night for dinner. I was at Baja for drink. I mean, Hanano's, we used to drink in those. Hanano. Oh, ev- burger yeah. and beard. Hanano yeah. all the time. Mercedes now has a late night liquor license. So if, on weekends, they'll stay up until two they sometimes. Do. No kidding. Yeah, they used to have to close at like 10. It, it eight, I think, and, on the weekend um, or something crazy. Yeah, so the, but the neighborhood has changed a little bit. But, you know, Hanano's is still Hanano. Best uh, burger in LA? Best burger Cancel. I've ever had. Period yeah. to my to, to this day Every, and and if you go at the right time and get Benny to ask really nice you can have him get American cheese on it instead of what and he'll fry an egg on it yeah well if you really, really want the, if you really want it they have Swiss cheese and they have cheddar and if you really want the insider local thing is you get both cheeses on it it's an extra fifty cents but it's unbelievably different with grilled onions and then I put the hot peppers and Tabasco on. that's your every way. Wednesday night after my show I walk down there except oh, I've no been shit. able to because of this weight loss thing but I'm, we'll but, get to that in a minute yes. but. On the burger right now, they offer you cheddar or Swiss. However, you can yeah. ask for American because yeah, they yeah. have it for the grilled cheese. I just like it because of the melt, but they okay. never will offer that. Oh, my no, God, no, no, they no. won't even do it because the burger's I, too good. I realized I was now local enough there that I could go, I don't want these chips. Can I get those chips? And they'll give them to me. That's right. if you're not a local, they're like, well, it you're going to eat what we give you. Go. Depends on <laughs> the girl you get, too. Yeah. Um, boy, that's funny. I used to love Hanana. Oh, my God. I can't think how many nights we closed that place down. It's the Music best. and everything else. Pool tables. Popcorn. If, you, then we definitely hung out. Yeah. You, I probably partied in your house. I partied in almost every That could every be. We had a really nice, a two-floor place. We used to have the Halloween party every year that we turned the place into a castle. We had the Ghostbusters oh, so car had, outside and everything. You had the two everything. stories overlooking, like, so on the... On uh, the canal side, looking at the canal. It was literally the last oh, one, like, on oh, strong oh. side. Oh no, that I never party there, gross. <laughs> I, I, don't cross, I don't cross Pacific. Yeah. Oh, I was. I was on the other Always side of the Pacific. Pacific. Where the where the where the Walk Street where the party uh, where that party was every year. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's so funny. God, I haven't thought about that in forever. All right. So that's that. home to me. Venice Beach, California is the greatest place in the whole world. Except uh, the rents are out of control right now. Yeah. What's it like now? We moved two years ago to this well, place. Over two years we, ago, it was yeah. Silicon Beach season. had moved in, and it was crazy. It was going on then already. Because they were tearing down every garage and putting up a four-story, six million-dollar place. Yeah, basically, because I, you know, I used to work in advertising, like in production, directed producers, commercials. So entertainment people first gentrified Venice. And then tech people came in because Google moved into sort of Santa yes. Monica Venice border. Well, we made and it. They came in, but then Snap came in. There and it is. They just they destroyed. If you have so Snapchat, please delete, delete <laughs> Snap. Are you sponsored by them? No, no, I'm not a fan of any of that shit. Okay, I can't stand. I'm like you. I'm one of those. Uh, I sort of despise the social media, but realize we need to use it. So I'm trying to like develop yeah. a love for it so that I can kind of. I videotape myself if somebody has a snap and I, I like, kind of delete. They're like, hey, I don't use it anymore because nobody uses it. It's a shitty app. And um, I'll videotape you me delu- deleting it off their thing. And Venice people are always like, yeah. <laughs> they, did, they came in. They, they just, what they, their problem is that the guys who owned it wanted to have an office on the beach. The thing is you don't need all your nerds on the beach because they right. don't integrate. So they ended they up could have had the 16, office on the beach. 16 commercial properties so they like Nikki's is closed they close that down like like bars and but but Nikki's Art Market Gallery's, 72 or whatever No it was Nikki's uh, the bar that was on uh, Market Street That's the one I'm thinking of yeah, Nikki's yeah. Market whatever it was they always had ladies night that place Yeah sure Okay no Sure sure Man, I, so, all of my shit is so dated. I remember, when, I remember when it opened. Let's talk positive. <laughs> it's nine eleven. Let's not get too happy. Oh wait, in honor of nine eleven, can I can I uh, oh, make a plug, please? <laughs> for those of you who support Trump, don't forget that he called it seven eleven. So here's a big gulp on nine eleven oh. for him. <laughs> he called it seven eleven. Is that true? <laughs> I didn't know that. It. He was in 2016. He was doing a campaign stop in Buffalo, New York, and. Um, 
This is the best because I actually because it's it's funnier when you actually read his words. His words are actually way funnier when you read them rather than just hating him. It's funny you say that. Are you on the Twitter? Uh, yeah, I, and I'll tell you, I used to do a political show in Edinburgh and, and update it every day. Mm-hmm. And with him, I had to put not only him on my Twitter, I had to put him on my notifications. So when he tweeted, I would get it so I could write about it immediately. But Whoa. there were times when I, I had to pull the phone out so I could quote him properly. And there'd be times in the middle of the show where I told everybody I'd done this. And I go, it's, don't do, it's not healthy. <laughs> if you're like Monday suck, but they don't suck as bad as when you wake up, and you're like, oh, I tweeted. Um, <laughs> And during the show, every now and then he'd tweet, and so I would just read them out loud to people. And just yeah. when you just when you actually just pause and read, you're like, it's funny. Um, we uh, we both used to work with the Daily Show a little bit. Her brother still works there, and we've got some friends who are producers. They came up with this thing called the, the Donald Trump Library, right? Where they put oh, installation in. Well, they yeah. literally just put up his tweets. Didn't change anything. There's no parody. There's no satire. <laughs> it's just display. Yeah, and it you was could have unbelievable. Like, printed it out in construction. It's exactly paper. what you're talking all... about, but like a museum setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah crazy pants nuts but this is so this is this is from uh buffalo new york i had to pull it up because i was like oh i got the Seven Eleven cup and i just love that <laughs> is he starts his speech with i wrote this out and it's very close to my heart oh, God. because i was down there and i watched our police and our firemen down at Seven Eleven, oh. down at the world trade center right after it came down i saw the greatest people i've ever seen in action i just love that it starts with i wrote this out it doesn't start with hey i'm i'm i'm, I'm free flowing here oh sh- i made a gaffe he literally said, "I wrote this out," and then the next thing is him calling it someone. Hey, the guys, the guys. He's, he's that the could have been an autocorrect. Maybe he writes Seven Eleven more often. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to find comedy in him. It's it's hard. It, it beats me up. All right. Uh, no, speaking What's of numbers, what are we doing? Let's go to nine fourteen because we found <laughs> yes. out accidentally during uh, our little pre-interview that you're yes. a, a big Porsche fan. You told me that this is like like a big. Huge part of your fan base is Porsche people. Yes, yes, love you guys. My very first car ever was a 914. How cool! And it was that you are here on the right week. It was awesome. And I and when you told me 914 is a big celebration, I'm wherever it is, I'm going to it. Uh, just yeah. even though I don't have one anymore, they're all over. That's going to be all over LA. It was like we got it because I, I, I turned 16 in 1986, and it was a 79, maybe 80. Can't remember because it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Black. And you know, with the, obviously the target tops, I don't yeah. think they came any other way. Yeah. But you know, you know where it had that kind of weird, kind of um, uh, almost looked like vinyl or leather yeah. on the side. On the, on the is side, what the of guy the had done is he'd actually he'd gotten rid of that, and so it was just all black mm-hmm. painted through. I've seen a few people do and, that. It's um, nice. It was so fun. It broke down all the time. Anybody who has a nine fourteen knows that they break down. Uh, I'm one of the few people who's ever owned a 914 where I was able to skid it out and almost wreck it and got it up on two wheels and before it came down because the cars are so low. And there's, th- it's it's almost impossible, especially if mine you was lowered. Them, you can't flip. Mine it. was lowered, so you know, like stock, they had the shocks and the shocks were pulled out, and like so. And uh, me and my buddy, wow, we, we used to do this. did you do all that stuff to it? I mean, no, it, no, it no, wasn't like, that way. Was there it? was a guy who lived because I, I grew up outside of uh, Philadelphia, like right on the, the Delaware River in Bucks yeah. County, Yardley, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Vince's Pizza. Shout out to Wawa. And, oh, um, Wawa Markets, best yeah. sandwiches, man. The best. <laughs> And uh, there was a guy, because my mom knew that I loved these things. And, you know, like, the 914 was, like, probably five, six grand fully Maybe, restored. yeah. Fully right. restored. I went to this place, check, uh, there's a great place called the Checkered Flag Motors. In, yeah, in, right by where you were. Yeah. I had to get my phone fixed, and I try and stay out of those places because I don't have that money anymore. Like, when I worked in advertising, one of the greatest decisions I ever made was not to buy a 911 and buy a Prius. And said, we'll talk about that if you want. Oh, um, <laughs> get out. 
No, you know, I'll tell you why. Because I was able to quit advertising. Oh, I see your point. I was golden handcuffs, and I realized that I did. I test drove this thing. I wanted it. I had the money to buy it. I was like going to get it, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it'll be like fifteen hundred bucks a month." I'm like, "That's yeah, not no problem." And I, he goes, "Take it home," and they always tell you take it home because you know if you take it home, you're never bringing a car back. Yep. And I go, "I'll come back. To, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll let you know." And I went home, and I really looked at my life, and I went, "I don't want to stay in advertising forever. And if I do this, I have to." Wow. And you can't drive a car like that in L.A. Like, that car is, it's, it doesn't move fast. And I went, you know, I was in a Prius the other day. I could do this for 300 bucks a month. I did that. So then I was able to sort of slowly wean myself out yeah. of it. And I've had that Prius for 10 years, and I don't give a shit. So it was 10 years ago that you got out of advertising, production advertising? Yeah, pretty much. What did you used to do? Where, can we say where you used to work or any of that stuff? Or is that yeah, I worked, I worked primarily. I used and to do the same work. That's what I'm curious. I worked primarily, like, I moved here when I was 25, and I was already working in production in Denver because I was, went to college in Boulder. And... Well, you made your way over here, really. Yeah, you I just, just kept started moving west, and I hit, yeah. the, I hit the ocean. I stopped. <laughs> Good call. And I just wanted to—I wanted to direct and produce movies. And I was like, okay, all the directors, producers in Denver that were coming in—they were all coming from either New York, Chicago, or or LA for commercials because mm-hmm. you kind of work on whatever there. Whereas LA is very stratified. You work in this, you work in commercials, right. music, videos, your film, film, your TV, TV. right? There, it's like whatever's in town you're working on. But the producers and directors were all coming from LA or New York or Chicago, and I went, you know what? I'm going to go to L.A., and I came out here, and with a year, I was directing my first music video, and I ended up kind of working my way through the production ranks, coordinator, production manager, yeah, producer, to, and then directing off and on. Um, I worked a lot with NBC in the promotion department. Got to do a lot of stuff like launching the Olympics, launching brand oh new shows. Oh, my gosh. That's huge. Yeah, that was the, that's, that a was, big that's a big brass ring there. That's, yeah, the Olympics. work there. And no, it's so, a, that, no joke in production. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, it's the pinnacle. It's like the Super Bowl. The craziest thing about the Olympics is nobody knows who these people are, and so... Between at this point, it was like Coca Cola, Nike, uh, Chevy, or whatever the car was, and Kodak, and one other massive sponsor, and NBC. They had to take these nobodies and make them into superstars that people gave a shit about. Visa, that people gave a shit about because who cares? Who cares about swimming? Even, Nobody cares about it. And then you're like, let's make Michael Phelps a star. Even back in the '80s, I remember when they would do that. When it was yeah. like Nike would sponsor. Remember Dan and Dave? Yeah, who yeah. Was gonna Dan and Dave. One of them didn't even make the goddamn Olympics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that whole thing yeah. flopped. No, that happens a lot because you, especially the Winter Olympics, because you're shooting this stuff almost a year out, and it's right mm. at the end of whoever, whoever like the. And they only promote Americans. They're not going to promote like whoever the world champion is. If it's not an American, we're, we're they don't care. It's a Rob R. USA. And uh, so whoever the world champions are and whatever the sport is, we grab them, we shoot them, and then sometimes they don't qualify because they'll hurt themselves over the summer because it's so far out. Wow. But I God. learned – I, I got two of the craziest quotes of my entire life working with these Olympians. Is one was this guy, uh, Jim Shea. He's a skeleton, and he won world champion skeleton in his face first luge. Yep. And um, – one single man luge, yeah, right? Single yeah. man luge, and he was instrumental in getting the sport back in the Olympics because his grandfather and his father were Olympians, and he was a bartender in the thirties. And he's what? Like, he's like, I need to do something in my life, and he he saw the sport that was in the Olympics way back when, and he went, I want to get this back in. But it was taken out for it was unsafe, it, right? It, it was it unsafe. Was, it was just taken out because nobody cared about it in like the probably the forties, fifties, or because right? fifty people died yeah. one year. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. But they realized that they spend so much money making these these bobsled runs that are only good for the bobsled in the luge and then and then oh, yeah. he, he was like look you can put one more sport in here and it's it's extreme as shit it's it, <laughs> yeah it looks People crazy are watch it. and so he uh he ended up becoming world champion this was instrumental in getting it back in the olympics i think i believe he won the gold but i was interviewing him we did we we shot him up in uh where were we we were in um uh parks like near park city or um 
and we're interviewing him and, and then that night we're hanging out and I'm like hey, come on man we're gonna go out and drink you wanna drink and he goes you can't go out drinking if you wanna be the best in the world huh. and I was like how the fuck he means it then the better one I heard was Darren <laughs> Rawls world champion downhill skier we're doing these crazy interviews with him and then intercutting it with, with ski footage that we did and so I'm interviewing him and the camera's always kind of moving around wild and I go like this I go so you're world champion right does that mean you're the best downhill <laughs> skier in the whole world? And he goes, on that day, I was. Whoa, what a good answer. And you really realize there's five people he competes with yep. on a regular basis. And on that day, he was the best. And those people are the absolute best. And, and yeah. he wasn't being cocky. It was just like, it's a matter of fact for these people. So that, that was an eye-opener for you. And I just went, because I, <laughs> I was trying to get something funny out of him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm the greatest. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, on that day, I was. And I was like. It, like right now, it's still get chills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm not the greatest at anything. No, it's a, it's a different level. Yeah. Different level. That's wild. And I wouldn't sell yourself short. No, I'm six seven. I can't. Nailed it. Nailed I was it. hoping. I was hoping. I was hoping. Nailed it. You, 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 yeah, you it was a soft lob. lob. Soft lob. You put soft up the lob. lab. I dunked it. Got it. <laughs> oh. uh, what kind of kid were you in in Pennsylvania? Because I'm loving the adult who's sitting here. I was a very introverted, skinny kid who did not realize that. Uh, he had any value in the world very insecure. you were me that's why i like you yeah. okay i know that guy uh it wasn't until like i turned 16 i started getting dr like drunk with my friends that i was obnoxious and i realized oh that you people found... like the funny yep and then i realized i've learned how to do that in school and then i became like i would say i was a distraction for a lot of my classes because yeah. a lot of a lot of school came easy to me and I, so i was just like i'm bored so i'm gonna entertain myself and so I would get the same yeah. thing. All the comments, distraction in class, yeah. participates well, pleasure to have. We're going to hang out. All this I want to ride stuff, in your car. But it was like I did no homework. <laughs> <Yeah>. Participate is <laughs> awful. Uh, why were you that way? Are you an only child? Or were, did your parents divorce? Like, what was the hell? What? Why were you feeling so undervalued? Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you, well, I mean, my parents were great at, at telling me I was awesome and amazing and smart or whatever. Like, there was none of so that. So you even had the support? Yeah, I mean, my dad left when I was seven, but I still had this support full support from my mom my mom's the greatest person on the planet well that helps and um, that helps and it was it's just one of those things because i was so tall and awkward and weird and when you're like you're you very always tall, tall and lanky like i used I, to be I am, yeah. like like you're because you're you're thinner than i am like build wise yeah and um when you're really really tall and you're going up you grow in spurts and so if i'm grabbing this glass is you miss it within right? a week and a half. I'm, or you knock I'm, it over. Yeah. Shit. Oh, you did it. Good oh job. my god! I totally. Wow, you're so. Good. I meant to do it as a that joke. That was amazing. I, that I was didn't so know that good. was a real glass. I thought this was a prop. That's so good. Prop guy. Don't worry about it. That's no, fantastic. All good. Letterman's gonna be pissed. I don't think so. No. <laughs> shit. I don't think he's gonna care. I at thought all. that was in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to grow my Letterman beard. How about that? Oh yeah. We were talking about that yesterday because we're on a quest to, oh, we got to do Dave Watch. Actually, you're sitting right here. Why don't we do it? Hey, it's time for, and that brings us to, it's time to. I can't believe I just spilled your shit. Well, I'm trying to get away from it with this segue here, but you want to go back to it? No, no. Spill more? <laughs> Dave today, Watch. Today is 9-11, so we'll just put that here. Although, today mm -hmm. is the day, uh, well, of 9-11. Yeah, forget it. Well, if anybody so wants to buy me my dream stuff. car, it's sitting at uh, at Checkered Flag. It's, Which one is it? We were over there the other day. It's the 1988 black fake turbo. Uh, the M491. With, yeah. And, and I, because turbo I graduated look. high school in 1988, I had the 914. My goal was to be like Seinfeld and have a collection of nothing oh, but sure. Porsches. 
And um, by the way, he has the most beautiful 911 I've ever seen. It's this color blue. I've never, it's almost this blue, and uh, it's incredible. He's anyway, got a bunch of. We see him a lot. You have yeah. a show, and I'm just no, no, no. It's great. It. Anyway, we are on a quest to get David Letterman here, and we're actually making a lot of progress. And Mrs. Ryan, we have some news today. Anyway, oh. you you made some progress. I made some progress in the sense of uh, we're being watched by someone else that knows also from the same. Dave Camp. Yes, who's much closer to that camp than I realized. Oh, great. Uh, so, and we had a really great conversation, and then I a call later today with some press people. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. So, ironically, we are trying to get David Letterman here. Well, the, the, the interesting thing is I used to play a game with my brother where it was called we're searching for David Lee Roth. So it's <laughs> a different day. <laughs> and every day we'd go out, and anytime somebody goes, oh, I, I saw David Lee Roth like two weeks ago. He was hanging out at like... Uh, like crazy girls, like yeah. a strip club or something. We would stalk that place for like two weeks. <laughs> Till the next time he would come in. Yeah, and so... Um, he was at Guitar Center yesterday. Yeah. I, I've, I've met him, and he's, he's my spirit animal. Like, he's, he's a lunatic. And, yeah, but uh, he's but all... But my a... goal is to have him on my podcast, or just to, just to hang out with him for, like, longer than I got to. The nice segue. You just started a podcast. Yes. What's it called? It's called I Am What I Am, like Pipe of the Shit. Popeye, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I get that and put that in my? Uh, I, you betcha. I have a friend who does an, uh, one of the most. Luckily, amazing, we recorded all of this. So <laughs> my buddy does one of the most amazing Popeye impressions ever, and he does it with the most filthy shit. And, and I was like, yeah, but he's a cop now. And I'm like, can you just record a bunch of that and send it to me? I want, want to make an opening. Popeye gibberish, right? And he just ignores it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I'm a cop. I'm not doing this for you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's called I Am What I Am. And I, and I wanted to call it I Am What I Am. But apparently that's a religious podcast. So anybody who's <laughs> stumbling into the wrong one is going to be mad one way I or the Am other. What I Am. I Am What I Am. With, a, with like the Yam like the vegetable? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's what yours is? <laughs> yeah, because the other one is taken. Oh, my gosh. That's a brilliant. Of course. Yeah, so but, it's I Yam What I Am. Yeah. Is it two yams or just one but, yam? It's, it's I she, yam it, what I do am. It's, it's two yams. Okay, that's it's awesome. A, it's a whole plate of I'm not starch. making fun of it. I'm trying to understand yeah. it. <laughs> but that's what it is when, when, when Pi Pi says it, when they print it out, it is yam. It's not am. Oh, uh, because of his own Popeye like, I am what 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 I am. That's what am I? I'm Pi Pi. Oh, you're Sailor doing it from the movie. Yeah. Ray Walson. But if you see it at any print, even from way back, like one of the first ones ever released by whatever the uh, animation company was it was called i am what i am spelled out like the, the this seems like a ridiculously silly question now mm-hmm. with what you just said but are you a bit of a popeye fan no because i grew up as a popeye <laughs> fan i loved the movie i loved the cartoon when i was a kid you well know, then you'll, lo- you'll love you'll love you'll love the opening because right now i've stolen him doing that song like, it's popeye. robert altman did the movie wasn't it yeah it's, yeah it's, it's fucking amazing it's amazing it's one of those movies that that people did not appreciate it when it came out and when you go back to it it's it's people in it Shelley Duvall is in it yeah. and uh, that guy that guy I can't remember Robin? I don't think he was actually famous who played the Brutus character the Bluto character oh, yeah, yeah, but he was so creepy and scary looking yeah. I mean I mean I mean you know what I mean Shelley yeah. Duvall's a tall skinny lady from The, the Shining, Shining, right? the Shining yeah. yeah yeah that makes was, sense there couldn't be anyone else great to cast casting that. yeah <laughs> so uh, it's called that and then the weird thing is I, but I, why Popeye though Why? where did that come because from because I wanted I am what I am oh I see it was and, just and it was taken, and then I went. I went. Oh, I do love Popeye, but this is why it become this. This is why it's become incredible. But it could have been the olive oil diaries, you know. I mean, it could have been anything. You know, you know how like things just sort of fall into place, or you put a meaning yeah, into yeah. something, and later you realize, oh, that totally worked out. You know it. Yep. Here's what happened, right? So it's called I am what I am, and I interview people who've gone through 
career changes usually you know like comedians but i'm trying to stay out of just because comics interviewing comics too much of that yeah so i'm interviewing like my friends from the production world like uh this guy david jellison who he was a bass player and rat he uh he was actually t- for van halen he was their tour manager he used to sew david's wig on oh and my then i met gracious. him because he was a first ad on one of the first shoots i ever did here and now he's a commercial director funny guy so i'm like i want to introduce these people to the world more than comedians comedians mm-hmm. help me get listeners but it's very similar to what we're doing yeah, yeah. i love that so uh, and you get to the origin stories and then the yeah. root of what was the change for those people sometimes and the idea is once you hit your 30s 40s is you you don't you care what you think about yourself you care what your select group of people around you think about you but otherwise you're like i don't give a shit what this person thinks that person means nothing to me whatever they're thinking they're they're not even thinking about us yep when you realize nobody's even thinking about you yeah yeah, you get the ego out of the way so it's about that but here's so i put myself on this uh i have a friend he's lieutenant colonel green beret he asked me if i wanted i'm doing a fast version he asked me if i wanted to (laughs) jump out of an airplane with the golden knights who are the army skydive team holy crow and i said this is the skydive story yes This is not, I'm going to Paris to do Skydive Elsinore. Yeah. So, <laughs> Paris, he goes, California. He goes, do, do you want to do, do this? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the age limit? No age limit because I'm 49. Height limit? No height limit. Get on there. Granted, a lot of legs. And I go, weight limit? There's weight limit. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get back to you. He comes back. He goes, 225. And I go, well, that, that's more than I would have thought even. I and, thought and, cause, cause, and people are like, why is there a weight limit? Because when you tandem, you're strapped onto somebody, and that person actually has to take the majority of the fall, and you don't want to break that person's legs, crush them. All of the Except, above. They have to have operating control. Yeah. I mean, they can't be too much to manage. Well, the thing is, I mean, you, they, can, they can drop hum, hummers and you know, tanks, so they can drop any amount of weight. The thing no, no, is, no, the guy. Yeah. The, the guy on your back, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, you unless say, he's bigger by than the you. Way, we always say somebody's on my back. You're on his stomach. You're a baby Bjorn. He's have got you done first, it? Yeah, I've, I've the tandemed once, and I've free. I've done a solo. Oh, you solo? Oh, I've tandemed a couple times, yeah. but I've never solo. Solo is terrifying. I'd, yeah, I can't. I mean, terrifying. I don't know if I'd get out. I don't know if I'd do it. Skydive. Well, they'll push you out. Is skydiving? Uh, they do. <laughs> Come on, be a bud. Be a pal. <laughs> no, I, I talked to the guy because what happens when when you go out on your first solo is. Um, let me finish. Sorry. When go you ahead. do your first Sorry. solo, Segways, go ahead. One, one instructor gets out of the plane and he's hanging on the outside of the plane because there's bars and stuff there. And he's holding on to your harness. And there's an instructor inside holding on to your harness. And when you go out of the plane, all three of you guys go together. And then uh, they're with you while you run through a couple drills. And then you pull your own chute. And then they, they fuck off. Okay. I don't know if I can say that. Sure. They take off. And uh, <laughs> they keep falling. Let's say that. But then all of a sudden, you, you slow down. And like even when you tandem, how thrilling was it when all that wind's going through your 120 oh, yeah. miles per hour? Like, and then when the shoot hits, it goes. It's like sailing. It's silent, and then you look down and you go, "Oh Christ, I'm high," because now you have time to think. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh Christ, I'm high," and oh, oh I'm by myself. And uh, that so one of my instructors races to the ground. He looks up, finds my parachute because all parachutes actually you can color, identify color, them. Yeah. And um, then he goes, "All right." You know, he has a walkie. He's like, you know, turn left, turn right, so I can see that your shoot works and that you can hear me. And he's like, you're off course. They kind of steer you in. You're on radio. You can hear this. They, yeah, they put a little okay. walkie here, so you don't talk back. He's just kind of he's like giving you instructions. Yes, yeah. but you, you signal see, to him by he sees what you're doing if he can hear you. Sort of yeah. the way you know planes will flap their wings by beautiful. control towers. Typical so wing, beautiful. So uh, anyway, my buddy offers me this chance to fall out of an airplane. By the way. Stop saying jump. Nobody jumps out of an airplane unless you're expert. Like the, the guys who are running and jumping out, they're jumping out. When you're tandeming, you're falling out. So I get this opportunity to do this for free. And um, 225 is the limit. I'm 6'7". It's not a lot of weight for 6'7". No. I was you six... look like me at 6'7", yeah. I think, at 225. I was 262, and I said, I'm 37 pounds out. And he goes, well, if you got two months, lose the weight, fatty. And I went, 
Easy for you, and you to want say. To do it. Green beret. Oh, I've always wanted. I needed to lose the weight, and I had. I already said to people, I got to lose weight, and uh, he's just like, I just, just start eating right. Stop drinking every night. Stop going to McDonald's. Start working <laughs> all, out. All the obvious stuff, really. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever. That. And so I joined Gold's Gym because I'm Venice, right? Oh, of course, yeah, the original. <laughs> yeah. So this homeless-looking guy looks like the homeless people just moved into the gym. And uh, so it's 262, worked out for a week, and he goes, how much you lose? I'm like, two pounds. And he goes, that's not going to work. And he's now... We're not on target. We are not on target. He's in charge, he's in charge of the recruiting for all Southern California. So all the recruiting stations answer to him. He answers the oh, Pentagon. Wow. And um, so he goes... I'm like, ah, well, can you give me some Green Beret training? Thinking he'd go work out with me. And he's like, I don't have time for this. Like, <laughs> like to boot 30 pounds off you? Yeah. But he goes, I do have people who do. And so now on Wednesdays, I work out with the re- the recruiting station. So I work out with the Army on Wednesdays. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. And so it's so everybody who works at the recruiting station, like the Captain Chong and Staff Sergeant Aguilara and Sergeant Trejo, who's actually on the field work, they all know why I'm there. They all think it's cool. They, they, they're so my, – my buddy has – my buddy has, like, when he puts on his dress uniform, it's medals like this, right? Uh-huh. And and he's new to being the recruiting guy, right? Because, like, you know, new guys cycle through every four or five years. Okay. And the guys who are recruiting there are like, you're his friend? Huh. He's so impressed. And I go, yeah, it's crazy. He's got medals all over his chest. And the guy goes, all over his chest, dude. They go around over his back. <laughs> like, they're so impressed that that guy oh with gosh. this level is dealing with recruitment. So they love that I'm his homeless-looking friend. And uh, you keep saying that. I, I you look very kept to me. I mean, other well, than the fact that you have a beard. Hold on, this is what I look. I like mean, if you're going for oh, okay, well, that's a yeah. fair bit more. Oh, I you're lost wa- way too. You're walking around in bed. I took a shower. <laughs> I get I get the Nick Nolte down and out in Beverly yeah. Hills thing, but okay. So I go in and they're all they're all team bronze because they're like he's going to jump out of the plane. Oh my god, you get to go with the Golden Knights. Golden Knights are a big deal for the Army. Guys. Yeah. And so every Wednesday they train with what are called pre-recruits. These are the kids who. They're gonna go into the army, but they don't get shipped off yet. And they, um, so you know, they might be finishing high school or college. Oh my gosh! Or the children. Also, because uh, it used to be twenty five percent of kids coming out of high school were overweight and they were ineligible. They couldn't even meet the qualifications to, to get go into to the program. Camp. Okay. And because America has a massive obesity problem and we don't fund physical education anymore, right. is it is now fifty percent of kids. We don't fund physical education anymore. Oh, I didn't know can that. You did not it's know not that. in schools. Well, it is, but it's not like it used not, to be. You know what I mean? Like it's not. There used to be it's certain like, requirements. It's like the arts, all, the arts have went away first, and yes. phys ed's kind yeah. of going away. No kidding. And uh, you know, so and kids are inactive now, and, and everybody's well, eating what I ate, which is McDonald's. And we watch Wally, and that's the future they're going towards, yeah. just floating around on a big fat chair. Yeah. And so uh, it's something like almost fifty percent of kids are ineligible. So they take these kids and help them. There's a kid there in two months. He lost fifty three pounds. <gasps> crazy whoa because well you're he, on target for that yeah so he i'm working out so here's this is my favorite because i'll, I'll tell the number in a second today's a big day and uh, <laughs> so the, everybody who works there everybody in their camo they know who i am and why i'm there i'm the civilian which is also funny because they call civilians sir right everybody who's civilian when they talk to you is sir 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 which is its own yeah. weird thing its own weird thing like i just giggle i'm like well yeah sir I said that to my buddy. I'm like, dude, every time they call you sir, do you giggle? And he's just like, just go work out. <laughs> and uh, so, do you know who doesn't know who I am? The 19-year-old kids. The 19-year-old kids are sitting there getting ready to go off. And oh. they look down the line and they see this six foot seven inch at this point, 262-pound guy who <laughs> looks like this. And they're like, well, apparently the Army's going to take anybody. 
<laughs> I would have thought you're one of the new genetically modified people. Yeah. Look at this height of that guy. That's one of the new machines. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. But so today marks the fifth week. Actually, today we don't have because uh, today's Wednesday. But today for some for this whatever is the one reason, Wednesday you don't have a booth. They, they, they've canceled it. But uh, I was going to do my weigh-in today. I did my weigh-in this morning, and as of today, I'm officially 30 pounds down in five weeks. Yeah. Congratulations. And well on target to meet your goal. On target, but I'm not getting cocky about it because it's like last week I actually plateaued and I stopped. And then uh, because of my (laughs) podcast, which is how this all started, I was talking to Leo Flowers, amazing comedian, but he's also a personal trainer. I'm in the middle of my thing about his life changes, and all of a sudden I went, dude, when we're done with this, I need 15 minutes with you. For a separate podcast, and it's just going to be about personal training, no life, you know. Like, and so then I started interviewing all these personal trainers, nutritionists. If you want to start a hobby and you want to be an expert immediately, start a podcast about it. The most expert people will talk to you for free, give you free lessons. Um, <laughs> this is so true. I've been talking to all these people, and I was talking to my friend Stacia. She's a comedian, also a personal trainer, a lot of personal trainer comedians. It seems. And I go, listen, I plateaued. I need to do a crash diet. I need to get my plateau started. And she goes, well, it's really unhealthy to do these things. Like, you know, you can do it slowly. And I go, I don't want to do it slowly. I want to get under the weight and sit there for a week so that I'm fine. And she goes, it's really not healthy to do this. And I go, okay, disclaimer. She's not advising this. And then she goes, okay, I'm not advising this, but here's how you do it. It's going to suck, but here's a crash diet. I did it. And two days later, I was down four pounds. Wow. So it's possible. But she's totally like, I don't want my name on this yeah, thing. Yeah, no, there's all sorts of – And I'm yeah. like, it's a disclaimer. It's not healthy, but how do I do it? There's so many movie star little tricks and all yeah. that stuff. So that's my thing. I'm 30 – I had to lose 37. 30 I'm 30 down as of today. And uh, it sucks that I'm not doing the training today because I do my official weigh-ins with them where I really like – because they have a fully – like a really expensive two thousand dollars scale or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's like, and then you then it's, but it's also in there. Right now, room. there's an asterisk on your thirty yeah. pounds. I yeah, know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, but it's, you feel got to feel good though, right? And oh. then, do you physically feel better? Oh, unbelievable! Because I was drinking like a crazy person, doing drugs like a crazy person. You live in Venice. Yeah, Venice is every we day. Drank a lot. It's in Venice. spring. It's permanent spring break in Venice. It's it's the best place in the world, but you also really you can get sucked into the party. And I was, and then you get sucked into the depression of a party, and you wake up every day hungover, so you don't do anything, yeah. which makes you more depressed. It's a downward spiral. But by coming out of, by having five weeks with no hangovers, and eating healthy, and actually doing, you know, physically fit stuff, yeah. so there's nothing involved, and there's nothing messing up my dopamine creation or receptors yeah, or yeah, serotonin yeah. uptake, which is what real drugs do. Because I was mm-hmm. doing, I was doing everything, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's like you don't even know. Name a drug in the last three years I did it. So uh I so having none of that stuff in my brain is all of a sudden you're just happy all the time. Like I've I've had sad moments but no depression. Yeah. This has happened because that's right. sad is a normal thing to experience to go through. It's actually a good and, thing. I like it. But when I come home from the gym, my roommate, she works out all the time and she loves coming in and be like, oh, I did spin and I crushed it. I was in the top four like there's forty people, I was in the top four, like I'm always hearing her, her gym stories. So I go into her bedroom. I'm like, oh, my God, listen to this. So I, so I did like 20 minutes on the elliptical, and then I went out and did PT. PT is what we call in the Army. That's physical training. And then I, I did I did, I did some crunches, and then I was doing I was doing burpees. Burpees are hard. And I, I'm going like this. Bah, 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 bah. And finally she goes, she goes, dude, you need to calm down. You talk less when you're on coke. Go in your room, do some coke, come back when you are mellow. Wow. Um, but yeah, so Holy like <laughs> I've, I've learned. Well, your synapses are probably to do it. firing so rapidly now compared yeah. to what 
normal. <clears throat> I feel I do. I feel like I'm 22 again. Like that wow. weird attitude. What about other things? Like, uh, uh, well, it sounds like your energy for sure. But yeah, uh, I wake like, up. Like I, your skin, no, no ED like anymore. Like <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> uh, oh, that's not what you meant. I, I mean anything. I don't know. Um, no, like yeah, my my skin feels better. Uh, I quit drinking. We drink, quit drinking like uh, five, six years ago, something like that, uh, for, for just health reasons. Yeah. When she was going through everything, it was like you said. Oh, like, I you thought you were just hammered. It was like you Not can't. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was like this. The skiing guy was like, you can't go be the number one. You can't be yeah. good at whatever. And and it was just like, yeah, what the fuck are we doing? So we both knocked it out. Yeah. Uh, but life changed. I mean, life totally changed. Your your the whole bit. Your chemi- the chemistry. Like I think you're saying yeah. now is. Uh, I don't know. The synapse for me started firing, and just yeah. different connections were made in hallways I didn't realize were even accessible. Blah blah blah, stuff like that. I found because I almost got, like I took like an LSD trip and like unlocked my brain, which I've yeah. never done acid. I've never done it. Do mushrooms? Mushrooms are great. I've Mi- heard microdose. that I'm allergic to regular mushrooms, so I've always oh, yeah. been afraid to. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe you were getting there. Oh oh so, yeah well, yeah. So maybe it's time. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back on September twenty fourth. <laughs> September so 24th, I'm going to celebrate my landing, and then I'm going to McDonald's to get Chicken McNuggets, and then I'm Hanana Burger. These, are, these oh. are on the list. Then my brother lives right next – he lives like th- two blocks away from the best donut in, in, in L.A. that I think that I found. So I'm going to go there the next day and get sugar because I've cut sugar way down. Like yeah, All bet. my sugar is now coming from fruits and vegetables and – that's its um, own benefit too. Yeah, getting all that inflammation out. So the first the first couple of days are going to be a disaster, and then I'm like, all right, now I'm going to wait. Let's do this properly. So where are you going to jump? Where is this going to occur? It's somewhere. It, there's a there's an army. There's a massive army base in in uh, California that's sort of between. Um, it's basically like west of uh, Solvang, you know. So north of Santa Barbara. You know where Solvang is, like yeah. where, where wine country is. Yeah, no. Apparently, it starts. I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot. Close. To there, so uh, I'm staying in Solvang then Monday night and then Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. jump, which is somewhere out there. there. It's so wild. Um, well, I think there's a massive military base, but you don't see it because it looks like it's just farm ranch country, but it's, it's oh. the, okay. like we don't see it from the, the 101. Gotcha. It's, it's not like uh, it's there. the one Rosemead or whatever, when, Rosamond, when you're going yeah. to the racetrack out there and you pass you know everything yeah. from right. uh, Independence Day. That's where that El Toro, oh. that's where that one is. Oh, hmm. yeah. So uh, that'll be fun. I'm 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 excited because everybody's like, oh my god, are you terrified of jumping? I'm like, I was terrified of dying of a heart attack in the gym for the first week. <laughs> Do you know what altitude you're going to be at? No idea. Wow. I, so I mean, I, this could be some sick secret stuff like you don't even know yet. No, it's it's well, it's, it's not going to be a ten thousand foot jump. Uh, yeah, I think you don't you normally jump at ten fifteen thousand? I think twelve and a half is what we did at uh, Lake yeah. Elsinore. Yep. You know why I think that? Because my first jump ever I did in Colorado, so you're already starting a mile up. Yeah. But your free fall is very short when you do it in Colorado because yeah. there's only so much. Because they, the ground's closer. Yeah. <laughs> they, can, they only want to take you so high. But it's nothing extreme. I mean, like the, it's, it's a publicity stunt for the Army, and I realize that I'm now doing a pu- publicity for I'm So doing, they're going to capture all this. They're going to record it and whatever. Yeah. Like if you, go, if you look up the Golden Knights on Instagram, there's all these, these images of uh, like, like weather people. I'm, so the, this the is like I'm going to fly gonna, with the Blue Angels type of thing, like, oh, you're getting the yeah. opportunity. And then they put it online, and, and I realize I'm being used as a PR tool to go, hey, look, if you join the Army, you might get to jump <laughs> out of a plane with a comedian, or the Rams cheerleaders are going to be in the same. <laughs> and uh so totally like, plausible totally plausible like I, I i do appreciate the people in the service i don't appreciate their overall mission depending on who's running the place right but uh it's like the the individuals i've met who are in the service are unbelievable you know same and yeah same here 
she's been to Afghan. You went to she did some U, a USO tour in Afghanistan. I've never done any of the overseas tours. I did a, a USO show down in uh, Long Beach because it was Mini Fleet Week, mm-hmm. Pacific Fleet Week, which yeah. is tiny compared to the New York. New York ones, what I grew up with. And um, the last minute, somebody put me in there. And it was all these dudes and growls, little little kids wearing these white, you know, sailor uniforms, yeah. which is also funny to look at them. I am what I am. Yeah, and I, I because I, all I'm talking about on stage is this whole crazy weight loss thing because it's taken over my life. Oh, and it's and I've made it funny, and way funnier than I told it because I'm actually trying to. But pull it's the it's over so to it's overcoming your act as well. That's it's, awesome. It's just taken because it's like because I host a show every week and so everybody sees me every week. So it's it's like whatever's happening in my life is what I'm right. Talk instead about. of doing prepared yeah. material, you're just oh, well, that's pre- awesome. It makes perfect sense. Prepared. So but, you uh, have to address. You, so you wrote it. this yeah. out? No, it's not written out. It's, it's just I've, I've look. I wrote this it every out every single night. Uh, <laughs> but I'm up there and I was talking about my my how I'm doing this insane thing with the army and all these navy guys and marine guys and there was a couple army people and a couple air force people in the room, but. uh they loved it because I was I was talking about their life, whereas a lot of comics yes. just go in and do their material. And um, I'm hoping because some of the USO people were like, we lo- like they loved you. And I go, yeah, well, I'm talking about their life, but it's my life, and I'm yeah. an idiot from the outside, like <laughs> pretending PT. That's what we call in the army. I'm not in the army. <laughs> yeah, we we in the army. Uh, yeah. And uh, so they were like, we want you to do more events. So I hope hopefully I get to do that. And I would, you know, if anybody's listening has any pull with like the armed service entertainment, love to go on the road. It's great. It Anything Arms, relatable. Armed Forces Network is that is that one or is it the same thing? Armed Forces Entertainment. I know there's USO, which is separate from. I think it's. I think I think it is AFE Armed okay. Service Entertainment. Gotcha. I think that's the tour people, but then I think they have the networks and the radios and. Oh, okay. So there and, is multiple things. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I have a really random question that may or may not be you. Were you on Baywatch? Here's a credit of a guy with no. a name. No, but finally, <laughs> there do may I, be just a Bronson. Wait, do you think I look that good? Really? No, is, is this workout plan? Yeah, that's right. There's me a, and Mitch. We hang out on the beach. Let me. Mitch Baywatch. There may be a Bronson Jones, perhaps without the T. Then perhaps, but there was one guy with just one credit, and he's not pictured or anything. I was like, wouldn't it be great? Especially if you're hanging out on the beach all the time. Yeah. And I used to record that shit right on Santa Monica in Venice. Uh, no, I, I was okay. never. Not, I, no, you were not I, on well, Baywatch. Here's the thing: I'm not an actor. Like I've never, I don't pursue. Like I want to be a stand-up comedian. I love that. If it, I act, it didn't it's fit to either. Acting. It didn't fit the guy I was having the conversation with, but yeah. I, I, I wanted to know because if you were on Baywatch, that would be awesome. You never know. Be Just so. because it's Baywatch. I, I have a friend. <laughs> she was a star in Baywatch. Why? But that's really the, the last season. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I was not on Baywatch. <laughs> All right. I, I, uh, but have I, you ever acted? Have you ever wanted to act? It seems like I, you I don't. I don't want to be an, like like a lot of comedians want to be actors. Like, uh, but, there's there's a great Carlin quote because people said he sold out in the '80s when he had that. There was some weird show he had where it, he was playing a taxi driver. It was a terrible show, terrible sitcom, horrible use of him. But he was a star. And um, <laughs> he's he people were like you sold out, and he goes, No, no, I'm anything I do that's not stand up is to promote myself so more people see me do stand-up. And so if I do anything, like I've acted in some things, yeah, it's to get people to come funneling to my way. stand-up. It's to promote that. But, you know, I, I know a lot of people who want to be movie stars, and, and I'm like, I... I, I didn't I, think you would, you know. but coming from production and that whole background. Somebody coming who wants from, to produce and direct generally is not going to want to be an actor. I'll tell you what's crazy, because I've, I've been on some sets, like, with this look, I've actually booked <laughs> stuff based off pictures because they want somebody, like, I've played... A king twice. I think you're the only one surprised. Yeah. I think you look great. I no, like no, no, your no. whole I'm look. Sa- I'm saying with this look, it's like it's castable for 
like uh, medieval times. Like Game of Thrones has Royal, made this Regal, look important. I could certainly see, which yes. I just did it, but all of a sudden, like this, I got an agent just to go try and make money. And he's like, dude, I got you this job. Just send, send me a picture of what you looked like two days ago or whatever. And I'm like, I can just picture me on stage. And he sends it in. And they're like, yeah, that's the look. And then they put a crown on me and stuff. And um, <laughs> twice, twice, two separate things. That's and, pretty um, funny. So well, that's uh, funny. I wasn't even intending to yeah. go anywhere, but you are actually acting, even though you don't want to be an actor. Well, it's, it's not my it's not my dream, but I will yeah. tell you, is coming from especially from producing and directing, where you are hands on all day, every day. Like, there's no free time as a director or a producer because no. you're you're constantly dealing with people's. Like, it may look like you're not doing anything. Everyone else but is you doing are. a department. You're overlooking all of those departments. Yeah. And uh, coming from having spent eight, 15 years of my life working in production running some of the craziest music videos where it's like, you know, you're constantly just, everybody's lighting a fire and you're putting it out all over. Is I get on these sets as an actor where I'm not, I have no authority, no charge, and I'm just watching people make mistakes that I'm like, that's going to cost them an hour and about two, about an hour and a half. And I, I'm like, yep. none of my... And you don't have to, there's no skin in the game. Like, the, you don't have to worry about it. Only time I open my mouth because it's also like I know how annoyed I'd be if some actor came up to me and said, "Yeah, you know what you're doing over, you know, you should you should move that truck over here." They'd be like, "Fuck off." GFI. <laughs> um, the only time I do it is when I'm actually on the set and the AD. The, well, I was on one music video and it was crazy. Like the, this AD and the producers, like they they were doing a great job, but it was chaos because mm -hmm. everything was thrown together. Just music just video. how it is. How it's it works. A music video. Yep. But a high-budget music video, which is strange. It was done by like a big commercial company, which I was like, I didn't even know they did this. But I think as a new director, and they're just trying to get him out there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, all these crew people, I'm like, these people are way too old to be working on music videos. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they're, uh, they're some, something was going on. The AD was talking to the, like, the actors, but he was kind of being dismissive because he was getting pulled in directions left and right. Yeah. And it's the only time I open my mouth where I go, you know, it'd be really cool is if you give us a verbal cue once the camera went around there because we can't really see it. And I went into production mode and like you, you can see him immediately almost. go, oh, he knows what he's talking about. And so he doesn't need to know my back. But, he, you know, it's that instant click of like, oh, he's right, as opposed to fuck you, actor. Um, the funny. This is the funniest thing that happened on the first music video. Was Perhaps it's because you waited for your moment, by the way. You were yeah. very respectful, it sounds well, it was, like. It was, it's something that involved me. And I was there, and I'm like, this this involves can me. can make this better. And so this is, I need the verbal cue because I can't see. And then, but I was also talking about what was happening back there. And so. You just mean like the way you came about it, the yeah. way you went about it. You're very respectful. You weren't oh. just like, this doesn't make sense. I wasn't. I'm, call, I'm calling my union. I've got, I've got a solution. I don't give a shit about problems. There you go. Boom. Oh, God. I this this is my favorite part. So the first music video I was on, it was all twenty five year old kids. You know what I mean? Like like when I came out, I came out at twenty five. Started working on music video. Music video is a young person's game. Yeah. And uh, there are these two these grips doing what they always do, where they have that that the sandbag uh, cart, dolly, the cart, yeah. and they got a couple of sandbags <laughs> in it. One of the grips is sitting on it because those are comfortable yeah. shit. Yeah. And these young kids who are like PAs, they're talking to them, getting life advice. And these kids are like. Oh yeah, sometimes we work sixteen hours. I'm like, we used to work twenty four hours, you pussy. And uh, we did. We had I twenty four hour days all the time in yeah. the nineties, no problem. And um, were you doing union work? I'm assuming all that. Uh, the music video was all non union. No, right, but but when yeah. you were doing the Olympics and all that stuff, that was union stuff, probably right. Uh, depending on depending on which project. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to. No, it's fine. And uh, but as far as directing, most of most of it was non DJ. I did a few, but okay. I. I don't pay them dues. I'm just asking. Um, <laughs> so, but these kids are like. 27 holding court with these 21 year olds and talking about like the business and I would go oh, I remember being that right and I was like oh, they're so young and full of dreams and they're all going to quit this specific part of the business about two years because they're burnt out because yep. it burns you out fast yep. 
And then, that guy's going into real estate. That girl over there is going to probably become a craft service yeah. for something else. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm the I'm the old king in this thing. Everybody else is these hot twenty somethings, right? And and the wardrobe and the and the the like it was beautiful what they had created it with no money. You know what I mean? Okay. Like amazing and just so many hot guys and girls, young youth. And I'm just like, as I'm looking at these kids, I'm like, God, they're so young. It's naive. And then, <laughs> then they called a rap, right? Or they rapped me and half the actors. And so, uh, so I go down. I'm talking to the producer. I've been talking to him all day because he knows my backstory that I used to do this for a living. You know, right. worked on Nas videos and like these people that they like, you worked with who? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm talking to him, and I go, oh, by the way, nobody had me sign a release. So oh. I should do because he paid me. And I go, and he goes, oh. Oh great! All okay, right, here's yours. Go fill it out. So I'm standing on the back of this this car filling it out, and he gets on the walkie and he gets he's like telling the PA's, "Come down here, come down here now," and uh, he's like, "Oh my God, have any of the actors left? We haven't, you know, because he's overwhelmed, right? We haven't had him do this. Can you get them all? And he, get them all back." And the guy, the kid goes, "Yeah, everybody's still here, except for that older looking gentleman. He left." <laughs> and I go, "I'm not older looking. I'm twice all your age." <laughs> Straight up old, but it was so weird because I was like looking at them as youth the whole time, and they're then just to literally hear come out of their face the older looking gentleman. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, that was pretty polite. <laughs> yeah, it's 40. really polite. Yeah, the old dude. <laughs> that's what I would think. Gosh, that's amazing. So, um, what do you think about your experience here today? I know you didn't know you didn't know what to expect. <laughs> How has this been? I love a the, a the set is cool. This place is awesome. You two are fantastic human beings. Thanks, dude. Uh, somehow or another, we seem to have wrapped into a real syner- synergy with uh, starting with the Venice conversations that led to the Marina Peninsula. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm throwing the card out. I mean, I asked about your childhood a little bit, but like, who cares? <laughs> then, then led into you said Porsche people. And yeah, I'm like, my first. And your car first ever. car. Is a 914. And your favorite car ever. My dream car, because it was my dream car when I was 18. Who doesn't want their high school dream car is the 9... Oh, anybody who's listening who is a Porsche person, I've got a secret for you. It's not really secret because the guy told me about it within knowing him for an hour, so I'm sure all the Porsche people know. (laughs) Okay. Is that Checker Flag, they have beautiful red 1989 911 Speedster, 49 miles on it. Wow. Somebody bought it, put it in his garage... Never even been, it's been titled, but never yeah. registered because it never left the garage, and so now they're they're pulling pulling all the rubbers and been putting you know putting on new new piping and new everything. gaskets and all. But this basically, stuff. it is a one hundred percent brand new nineteen eighty nine Speedster, and I was like, holy crap, what's that going to go for? And he goes, I, I don't know yet, but it's probably like. 300 400 grand oh i, I, don't, and, yeah, I don't know either, and i go and, and what are they gonna do with it and he goes whoever gets is gonna put it in the museum yeah and I, and I go like this if anybody wants to give me three or four hundred grand i will actually fucking drive that thing every do you, day do you know who mark brazil is he created no. that 70s show he's a comedian um he used to have one of those cars he used to have a bunch of porsches when he was yeah. working on that 70s show but uh he used to have that specific car i think it got stolen or something there's some story behind it but yeah. it's it's a rare car to begin with it's highly coveted totally cool as yeah. heck 49, 49 miles. like literally it it has it has the dealership test drive miles take it home miles that's yeah. it that's, that's amazing that's unbelievable and whatever the shakedown miles from germany from like back then when they used to you know check them out oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it's it's a car that's never been driven, and that's incredible. 
So wait, we talked about, I did mention Seinfeld for one second. So yeah. when I was in my production days is I worked on, uh, I'm telling you for the last time, which was his HBO special. I remember that when he yeah. retired yeah. all the material. Yeah. And I worked on, I didn't work on the live shoot, which is in New York. I worked on the, fu- like he threw a funeral for his material. Yeah. I remember that out here with all the famous yeah. uh, people. That was because I was a, a sort of open mic comic and I was. Gary Shanling, right? There was, was a Shanling, bunch of people. Carling, Car- yes. uh, Shanling, Carlin, George Wallace. Uh, yes. Uh, Paul Reiser was there. Uh, um, Larry Miller. It's all shot very tight. I remember uh, it's just the people around the coffin, and we, you don't yeah, really even see there's the all casket. These jokes, I think there's That's all these jokes. Cool. Like, like I forget who it was. I somebody reaches in and like oh, Shanling. Shanling reaches in and he, and he pulls one of the little because it's all like piece of paper in a coffin. In like, and he pulls it out, and Jerry goes, "What?" And he goes, "You're not using it." <laughs> and it's all these inside jokes with comics. But as a, as an open micer, I'm literally looking at the lead, living legends, 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 going. I want to be in that group someday yeah but here's what the thing is so we had we shot uh one day at a, at a graveyard and then two days on universal lot <laughs> and jerry because he had all of his cars in la because he was just ending seinfeld yep and he um he had them all at santa monica hangar and he drove in on day one with a 911 turbo that i've never seen that color it was, it's literally the most beautiful porsche i've ever seen in my wow. life right on it is the car too actually he drove in that on day two day one he drove in in a boxster but boxers have been out for a year and a half, so you're kind of like, yeah, poor man's Porsche. Yeah, his license plate was box one. <laughs> it's the first one off the assembly. There line. you go. It's the first one. First I go, boxer oh, ever made. Okay, that one. I'll accept that. <laughs> but but he drove it in the first day and the third day. I'm like, dude, you've already bought it. But what was weird is, so like everybody comes in and they're like, oh, and then they realize the story and you're like, oh, that is a cool car. That's yeah. a, because of its, its its provenance. Yeah, it's cool. It's not a cool car. But that's a specific. That individual <laughs> car is cool. Other than that piece, that's a fact that makes yeah. it cool. And then his second day, he drove it in that blue one. I'm telling you about. And what was crazy is you saw every. Was it group. the dark, dark, dark blue one? No, it's it's almost this color blue. It's oh, the one white. you were talking about before. Okay. Yeah, it's it's but it's it's, it's this. I've never seen another Porsche like it. And it had like the red like um, it had it had f- the f- five. What are the, the oh the belt? harness? Yeah, seatbelt harness. Full seatbelt, five point harness, seatbelt. So it was a it race car race, setup. It had racing uh, brakes, you know, with the red looking. They look like Ferrari brakes, but yeah. they say Porsche on them. Yep. And it was so because in that car, just the sound of it coming <laughs> in, and it was every single guy on that crew. I don't give a shit what department they in. They all just kind of wandered over and were just looking at this what's this unbelievable <laughs> car and you could just see in jerry's face just the because you know it he might be multi you know billionaire at this point he might be the most famous but he's now in his element so i think he's gonna end up with that red car and um mm-hmm. he uh it was just the look on everybody's face of like i've never seen this and nobody was angry that all fucking work stopped for about five minutes while just everybody's like this thing and he's just giving the tour of the car like well, look at the brand and we don't know what exactly what it was but some <laughs> it was a some turbo old vintage I, I, oh, know, I, was a, it, I don't know what year it was but it was a it was 911 turbo s and uh, it's, i'm sure some some one of your fans probably is, i'm they've he definitely still seen it, it. I'm, dude, just, oh, wait, wait why would he have to sell hang stuff hang on hang on he's i bet the, i know i bet it's zuckerman's car I bet it's Zuckerman's bet, car now, yeah. and it is. It's a very. It's like it might be Gulf Blue. It's like a pale baby blue, but it's a modern it's, car, nine nine seven with turbo, with the inlets and the wing and the whole thing. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? It, it's, I wouldn't say baby because it, it's 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 coral blue. Is that a color? Is there a coral blue? <laughs> I don't it's know. it's literally. I just I'm gonna tell you I've, I've, from from ogling Porsche since I was nine years old because my uncle had a nine 
9-11 red and so it was like turbo oh so you had one of the so family in 79 so. it was like i thought this is the coolest car ever and you know i grew up outside of philly there's not a lot of these that's the weird thing about moving to la is uh, cool cars everywhere you're like, who gives a shit <laughs> and i because when i had money and i was like oh, i'm gonna buy the coolest car you realize you cannot out car people here doesn't matter so that's why i go that's why i bought a harley so i can customize Do it because now want. it's just mine um we've reached the part where we do a billboard this is where we talk about how you can be found and where you if you've got social media and all that okay. stuff your plugs your dates uh blah 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 so and i'll do this for instagram story hey it's bronson jones <laughs> you can find me on all social media where am i looking over there four yeah four 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 you can find me on all social media at bronston jones and uh every wednesday night if i'm in la i'm at venice underground comedy it is li- literally considered one of the best shows at the townhouse at in the Venice. townhouse yeah and uh yeah just just follow me online you'll find it they'll promote it i'll be there tonight come tonight oh my gosh tonight's oh, the show. Oh, they'll be watching this but you know no that's amazing tonight's the show yeah who's on tonight do you know who's tonight i have nate craig i have uh i'm trying i'm there's somebody in town who i think is one of the best comedians working in the whole business and people and people everybody in new york knows who this person is mm-hmm. la people are just discovering bill Burr did an hour special and she's in town, and I begged her to do it. And I don't know if she's like, she's supposed to have done it so many times, but I didn't even know she was in town until yesterday. But maybe but tonight. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But it's one of those things where if it if if oh, I we're get not going to say who it is because we don't no, know yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Has, that makes she's sense. Committed. She hasn't even gotten back to me. But if I can get her, I think you're going to get her. I got a good feeling about it. Yeah, I do. Me too. And I'm stoked that you do the comedy show there. That's so I love neat. It. Well, because yeah, we've been it. to it, and that's yeah. why you're familiar. Yeah. yeah. Now it all makes sense, but I, I do love that show. Yeah. It's such a great room. I, I love it's Venice. It's a good energy. It's so, Are you going to live in Venice forever? I mean, if, if you can, I mean, if, if you want to stay there. If I stay in L.A., I've, I've told myself I'll never move more than a mile away from the Venice Pier. Because, you know, like more than a mile from Hanano. Can I ask, where are you now? Are you behind Hanano? Are you north of the pier? Is that where you are? No, I like I so I started when I first moved to Venice. I was right next to the Whaler, the mermaid-looking space alien yeah. lady building. I was in there. I know the mermaid. And, uh, <laughs> and then I was just explaining. I remember the, the old Whaler the before when home. it used to smell like puke before it got all nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. It oh, used yeah. to be just you know Sundays. Well, that whole neighborhood used to be used to be just down and out dirty. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then I lived down on the peninsula, and then Spinnaker. now I live like up, like sort of straight up Washington, like near Abakini. Oh, okay. And uh, so I'm a mile walk from like from the beach, which yeah. is good. You know, I wish, I wish my career was bare because I'd move back to the beach. <laughs> I love, I love, I love. For me, oh, I'm man. like, I'm still It'll be just fun. I'm a mile off of it. I'm still west of Lincoln, but I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> shit from the ocean. Yeah, I don't know how long I can oh. take this. Yeah. <laughs> you get spoiled in them. Perspective. Oh, uh, <laughs> You are, you are a riot, man. I hope you've okay. enjoyed this. I really enjoyed talking. Oh, I love to you. It. Just as a, pr- I don't know if the show's going to be good, but you're really cool. Yeah, I mean, the people who watch it might hate me. <laughs> I don't think no. so. Uh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed it, though. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'll come Mrs. back anytime. Ryan, what do we have tomorrow? Lorena. Tomorrow is tomorrow's Thursday, Porsche. so we've got women in Porsche. Lorena Esposito is going to be here, John Esposito's daughter. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk, I'm assuming, about uh, you guys and ladies in Porsche, but also I think so. all of the car talk that usually, usually yeah. comes up. Uh, and then we've got Breakfast Club on Friday, so that's what's going on. All right, mm-hmm. Mrs. Ryan, I love you so very much. Sorry about that. Thank you so much for being here. We love you so very much, Bronson Jones. Thank you for being here. We love everybody. Awesome threesome. Please love one another. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you tomorrow. (laughs) This is awesome. The only other professional thing here is me. (laughs) 
I don't, yeah, I don't agree with you there either, but I like that you said it. Thanks. <laughs>